a taxi driver from Canton, Illinois, was sentenced to death for the murder of eight-year-old Janice May. But did he do it? This is a story of Lloyd Eldon Miller. Good evening. Happy Friday. Welcome to Kelly's Coffee and Crime Chat. This is Kelly, and I am here to bring you another true crime case. I am drinking my Java Mama Pumpkin Spice Cheesecake Coffee. It is so good. I mean, this is right up there with the pumpkin pecan pie. Um, It's like dessert in a cup. You know, you eat your dinner and then you could skip dessert and have a cup of a Java Mama coffee. (laughs) Java Mama is air roasted, never bitter. We also have tea and hot cocoa. I put the link in the show notes in case you want to check out our coffees. We right now we have a 12 days of cocos and mochas for the 12 days, 12 days of giving, I think it's called. And um, we have a, a new Christmas sweater coffee. You can get that with a coffee cup that looks like a Christmas sweater. It's it's a white elephant gift set is what it is. <laughs> and it's supposed to be like, if you're going to a white elephant party this year, you can take that as a gift. But I would buy it for myself because the cup is so cute because it looks like a sweater. Okay, now today I have a case that is wrongful conviction. That's what this one is. Um, Bailey, thank you so much for suggesting this one. She found this um, and, and sent it to me and it's like, I have never heard this and it's not even far from where I live. So I had to get my coffee in. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to be talking about Lloyd Eldon Miller from Canton, Illinois. Now for this, I got my sources from content.com, sorry, content.time.com. Case-law-vlex.com and the people versus Miller. And that is people V and then Miller. And that's the other um, website. And then there's also a Facebook page. And I'm going to mention that toward the end of it, but um, I'm going to talk more about that, but it's the Facebook page called Who Killed Janice May? Janice May is an eight-year-old. She, um, Who Killed Janice May? That's the Facebook page. I was going to talk more about that, but I I can't. I got to wait till the end of this. Um, But it's very interesting if you go to that Facebook page after I tell you the story. All kinds of um, newspaper clippings and all that are on there. So Janice May is eight years old. Um, she has she had two brothers, uh, age thirteen and fifteen. She lived with with her brothers and her parents. Um, her mother was a nurse at Graham Hospital in Canton, and um, her father was a salesman for Coca Cola. His name was Dean. I didn't get the mother's name, but the father's name is Dean May. Um, her parents left home. At 2.35 p.m. on November 26th, 1955. So this has been quite a while ago. After a while, the boys, after they left, a while later, the boys left the house to play at a nearby playground. 
um, Janice May was supposed to be staying home to wash dish- dishes. Eight years old, I keep thinking, wow. I mean, I washed dishes, you know, when I was a teenager, but <clears throat> she was uh, supposed to wash dishes while they went and played at a playground. Hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know if they were supposed to leave, but they did. And they weren't gone very long and they came back, but Janice wasn't in the house. After about an hour thinking she would come back, they just watched TV. During that hour, they watched TV thinking she was going to come back. And I found that interesting because TV was hard to come by in 1955. Not very many people had a television. So I found that kind of interesting to me. But um, the younger brother, the younger brother, the 13-year-old, he went to look for her. Um, he heard a noise along some abandoned mine cars when he was walking by. Um, these cars were like upended and stacked along a railroad, railroad right-of-way. And um, when he first heard the noise, he was thinking that it was an injured animal, you know, some, like, like a dog. And uh, the noise was coming from under one of the cars. So he left to get his brother and they both came back and they found out that the noise was actually Janice. Um, she was unconscious or she had, she had went unconscious, you know, um, and I want to say, tell everybody there's going to be a disclaimer here because I'm going to describe some things and I did leave some out because some of this was really bad because this is a child we're talking about. So I just want to let everybody know that I want to put a disclaimer in here. If you do not want to hear this, you can, you can speed up a little for a little bit, but, um, they found, okay. The course they, it doesn't say that they, back then they didn't have 911. So I'm sure they called somebody. Um, she was taken by ambulance and a doctor stated she died an hour after arriving at the hospital. She never regained consciousness. Now, a doctor stated that the right side of her face was crushed. Two skull fractures, abrasions on her neck and back. There was active bleeding from her vagina. Um, She was almost nude and appeared to have been pushed under the car. There were cinders were embedded into her rear end. So her buttocks area. Um... So it appears like she had been stuffed under the car, like somebody had tried to conceal her. Um, There were no eyewitnesses. Um, There was a chunk of concrete that they found had blood on it and it had type A. Um, Type A was the same blood that Janice had. So there was no other type of blood on that concrete. Um, Three days later after this, several blocks away from the crime scene, a pair of shorts were found. They were the jockey type of undershorts uh, that a man would wear. And they determined that the type A blood was found on the shorts. That same day, a jacket was found. It was a gray jacket, but it was frozen in the water. It was in the water under a creek bridge and it had frozen. Of course, this is, you know, end of November. Um, they found blood on the jacket, but it was so diluted from the water, so the testing couldn't determine what type of blood was on it. Um, so now we have Lloyd Miller, 29 years old. Okay, he was kind of a drifter. He lived alone, rented a room. Uh, back then, they had people um, that acted as boarders and rented rooms out to people a lot of times especially people like Lloyd if you were like a drifter and just passing through town you just wanted to rent a room 
Um, they did that a lot back then. I think they did that to bring in, you know, money, you know, because they were going to be, you know, paid rent. So they always rented, a lot of people rented their rooms out of their house. So he rented a room in this house in Canton and he was hired by a taxi service in Canton. So he was a cab driver. Okay, the night that um, Janice was murdered, um, this was the night she was murdered. Lloyd, his shift was from 6 o'clock p.m. to 6 o'clock a.m. So he works third shift. So um, he reported to work at 6.15 on that night, November 26th. there was a passenger that night. Her name was Betty Baldwin. She was she knew Lloyd because he frequented the restaurant. She uh, was a waitress at a restaurant and he would go in there a lot. So she knew who he was. She you know, I don't think she knew him personally, but she um was familiar with him. So um she reported to the police that Lloyd allegedly admitted he was responsible for Janice May's death. I don't know exactly what he said. But um, she said that he told her this. He denied this, of course. He never said that he never told her anything like this. Um, Now, he, now this is his story. He left Canton at 3.45 a.m. the next morning on November 27th. Uh, He went to Peoria and uh, Peoria is about 25 miles away. And he went there to find out uh, about bus schedules to Detroit, Michigan. So then he found that out by phone. And then he drove to Pekin, which is about 10 miles from Peoria, abandoned his cab, changed his jacket, and boarded a bus to Champaign, Illinois. And he went from there to Danville and got a hotel. Danville, Illinois, got a hotel and slept for 24 hours. He had probably had been up that whole time. Um, Canton is in Fulton County. So Fulton County was able to trace his movements by bus and they got to Danville with a warrant for abandoning abandoning the taxi cab. So they had a warrant for his arrest for doing that. So on November 28th, this is two days after Janice May was murdered, he was eating dinner and he heard, I'm guessing he was eating out or maybe a hotel. I'm not sure exactly what hotel he had. But he heard on the radio that he was wanted in Canton for, for murder. So he got scared, confused, and he tried to get to Detroit but before he got there he was arrested by a Danville Danville detective at the bus station and a Fulton County Sheriff when they handcuffed him this is a quote he said if this is about that little girl in Canton I didn't do it he even demanded now what I read was he demanded or agreed to a polygraph I never found out what what was right and I never found out if he ever took the polygraph because I never did find out if he took it and what the results were or anything. But they held him. They took him to Sangamon County Jail in Springfield. He was questioned for 24 hours and then he ended up signing after 20 or sorry, 48 hours and after uh, 48 hours he ended up consigning a confession. He ended up signing a confession to the crime. The police assured him he would be taken to a hospital and claimed that he was mentally ill after signing, if he signed that confession. Well, he signed it, and then after he signed it, he recanted it. I don't know how much time had passed, but um, 
it went to trial and the prosecution denied examination of the physical evidence from Miller's lawyer. They wouldn't give up uh, examining of the physical evidence. Um, I don't understand how you can deny that. How could you deny? I mean, this was 1955, so I guess it's different. Boy, the prosecution here is, oh my gosh. It's like they denied examination of the physical evidence uh, Miller's uh, from Lloyd Miller's lawyer. Um, they wouldn't test it. They did test a hair found on Janice May's vagina and found out that it was not Lloyd's. Um, prosecutor Elaine, or the prosecutor's name was Elaine Ramsey. She decided not to even mention that, left it out. And the bloody shorts that they found, the shorts were too small for Lloyd. His blood type is type O, and type A was on the shorts, which was Janice's blood. He ended up getting the death penalty. Okay, seven years he awaited to be executed by electric chair for seven years. So that would put us up to 1963 three if i read right or 1962 see this was 1955 well the trial was 1956 so i'm thinking um seven years after that um seven years later seven hours before he was to be executed in 1963 a federal judge granted a hearing that he was allowed to have his own chemist examine the shorts and guess what they found on those shorts it was paint not blood now and i'm thinking this is why the prosecution denied the examination of the physical evidence to be admitted in the court because it was paint even though they said it had type a blood on it um somebody's lying here really i mean reading this it really oh my gosh i mean I know this was years ago, but it had me thinking, oh, sometimes I wonder, I, I know stuff like this happens today, at least from of, uh, other cases that I've heard of, of wrongful convictions, especially these coerced confession, confessions. My gosh, if I could talk. <laughs> the coerced confessions that they have nowadays, you know, um, I don't ever, ever sign a confession. Never do that. If you are completely innocent, you had nothing to do with this, do not confess. Just don't, don't do it because you cannot trust whoever it is that's you know in the interrogation room telling you that if you sign the confession you're going to be out of here or like him they told him he would just go to a hospital for his mental you know saying he is mentally ill they'll put him in a hospital otherwise he was going to go to prison basically is probably what they told him i don't know I'm, that's my words but um he did sign one so seven hours he was going to be executed before the federal the judge granted a hearing so they found out that there was paint on the shorts not blood and the state conceded that elaine ramsey the prosecutor had known this during the trial so there you go so she was like no these ain't going to be examined no way okay and to top it off the passenger betty baldwin remember her who said lloyd told her that he killed janice when she took uh the ride in the cab she recanted that story basically saying that she that was not true i have no idea i would like to know more about this because why would she even say that 
My thinking is she thought for sure he was guilty because he looked guilty. He left town, abandoned his cab. Oh, he did it. And he told me he did it. And that's what I think happened. That's my opinion. But um, because he did not say that. He, he denied. He never even said anything about that. Matter of fact, I don't even know if he knew about it at that time because, well, she died earlier that day. So it could have been, there could have been news about it. Uh, on the radio like when he was driving his cab maybe it came over the radio you know and that's how they heard about it I'm not sure but okay get that pumpkin cheesecake here okay (laughs) okay and the landlady now he rented a room in this house this landlady she comes forward and said that Lloyd was sleeping in his rented room at the time of the crime why didn't she say this in 1955 or 1956 is when they were questioning people she didn't talk to his lawyers because the prosecution told her she had her right to stay silent so she did i don't care if i know somebody's home and they are out wanted for a crime i would say something unless she was also the type that thought he did it maybe she thought he did it but she couldn't have because if he was home if she knew he was in his room, you know what I mean? It's just, this whole thing is just so strange. And like I said, I've heard of this stuff going on today with people lying and then recanting their story. So the judge ordered Miller, Lloyd Eldon Miller released or retried. He was freed in 1967. All his, the charges were dropped in 1971. The reason he left town Now, I want to bring this up. This is the Facebook page called Who Killed Janice May? And this is how I found out because I had asked some questions on there. It's a very good uh, Facebook page. Like I said, there's a lot of newspaper clippings and photos from the time, newspaper photos. But um, the reason he left is because he was not, he must have had a child and he had owed child support and he had not been paying it. And he thought that they were after him for that. Now, I don't know how he thought they were after him because all I read was that the next day or the next morning it was, he left town. So he must have heard or got, I don't, he must have heard or got wind of something that they were after him and they thought he did it. I don't know. Um, or I mean that somehow he, they were after him because that's when he left town afraid that he was going to get arrested for a non-payment of child support. And that's why he left town. Um, don't ever leave town. That's one other thing. Don't ever leave town. Um, but good news. He got out. He went on to have one son, three daughters, and six grandchildren, and three great-grandchildren. Sadly, he did pass away January 31st of 2013. That wasn't that long ago. Another person I know that used to live in Canton told me that... Um, short I don't know when it happened if it was shortly after he got out or whatever he left town and I think he moved up by Chicago I think I want to say but um he left town after this and uh that is a sad story of Lloyd Lloyd Eldon Miller a cab driver from Canton very very sad because this little Janice May was found raped and beaten along these railroad tracks and um it's just so sad for her that and i know people don't like this but aren't gonna like this but the case is unsolved 
they never found who killed Janice May. So that really hurt me. Um, but I had to tell the story because it was wrongful conviction. And I know back then they didn't have DNA, but I would have thought that they would have really, really pressed and tried to find, and maybe they did try to find who killed her. But man, I wish there was some way this could be solved today, you know, with some kind of DNA or something. Like I said, the shorts had paint on them. They couldn't test the the shirt or the jacket. Um, uh, I just... Very, very sad. This whole thing is just so sad. But I am glad he got out seven hours before he was executed. And like I said, the prosecution kept their mouth shut. And I don't know what happened to this prosecutor if they ended up um, getting disbarred or something for this. I think they should have. Um, like I said, the shorts were too small for him, but it didn't say anything about the jacket that was thrown in the river and frozen. That was one thing that I, I don't even think the jacket, of course the jacket didn't uh, belong to him. So it must have belonged to somebody if it had, if it had blood on it. Now you don't know because it was so diluted, but um, it, this really, really interested me and it really opened my eyes and I'm so glad that Bailey sent this to me because uh, she sent me a couple other really good ones too. So um I really like suggestions like this. I've got some more in mind. Um, so I want to uh, do more. Like I said, I love the ones that are in town. And on that Facebook page, I found out some more about um, some other cases from Canton. Um, so I might do those in the future. And I also like, like I, I like to stay in the Midwest. I like to do cases people have not heard of very much. And I know I've done a couple that people have heard of. But I don't want to do these wide, big known cases. I want to stay like where um, they're sort of, you know, only known around the area or something, you know, and or cases that people used to know and then forgot about. So, um, like, let's see, uh, right around, let's see, Indiana, Missouri, Kentucky. I like to stay around the Midwest, Iowa. Wisconsin, uh, that's, that's more north, but I do like to stay like the center of the United States. So if anybody has any suggestions, feel free to send them my way. I am on Instagram at Kelly's Coffee Crime Chat, Facebook page, Kelly's Coffee and Crime Chat. And um, I don't have an email set up for the podcast, so it's just my name. Um, I have not displayed that. And I really don't want to display it. I may have displayed it in earlier um, episodes, but I am on, like I said, on Facebook and Instagram. I'm also on Twitter and Twitter, my Twitter name, because for some reason I can't change it. I can't figure out how to change it. I wanted to change it to the name of the podcast, but it's my name. It's Kelly Landon one. That is my Twitter name. And I wish I knew how to change that. I was going to Google that and I forgot. So anyway, everybody have a wonderful Friday night. Happy November. It's really rainy and windy here. Horribly. So I wanted to get this going and I'm hoping it uploads because when it's really windy like this in my area, the uploading takes forever or it fails. Like it won't, uh, the, the um, reception out here is terrible when it's like this. 
So that is all for tonight. Happy November. I will be back next week. Now, next Friday is Veterans Day, so I'll be off work. Um, and I'll have a three-day weekend, so I'll be able to have something for you either Friday night or Saturday morning next next weekend, because I usually record on Friday night or Saturday morning. It depends on if I'm busy Friday night and I'm not able to get to it, I will do it on Saturday morning. So um, I had a couple shout outs. Let me think. Like I said, what did I say before? I was going to write these down and I always forget. Like I said, and I know I've said it before, but I am hooked on the Book of the Dead. I am hooked on that. That is so good. And Evil Pudding is another one I'm binging. That's a good one. That's a husband and wife. And they are wonderful. Just wonderful. They really go in detail. If you like longer really, uh, longer episodes that go into detail, they are good. Um, bizarre Boozy. Uh, b- b- uh, brutal Bizarre and Boozy. That was the one. They always make me want a cocktail while I'm listening to them. <laughs> They're very good. That's a mother and son. Um, Love Kill Mary. Or Mary. M-A-R-R-Y. Mary Love Kill. Is that Love Kill Mary? Now, see, I can't even get the names. But that's another one that's really good. I think it's Mary Love Kill, I think. Pretty sure that's what it is. They're really good also. I'm going to get this right one of these days. I'm going to write these down. I'm so sorry if I butchered anybody's title of their podcast, but I have so many that I listen to. And I also listen to Death Do Us Part. That's based here uh, up by um, Joliet, Illinois, around Chicago. And they are wonderful. Um, Going West is one of my top favorites as well, as well as Crime Junkie. I listen to Crime Junkie. I listen to Morbid. I listen to all kinds of different podcast um cold and missing is another good one um oh nosy bees otherwise known as nosy bitches that's another good one that's the one i've been kind of listening to here lately and if anybody has any suggestions like i said go ahead and shoot them on over to instagram or facebook and i will definitely write them down and look into them so i am signing off this friday night And stay safe, everybody. Don't ever, ever, ever confess. If you are innocent, you don't have anything to do with this crime, do not sign a confession. Do not ever confess, ever. And don't ever leave town. Stay there and face the music. If you're in trouble for something else, face the music because you never know. You just never know what can happen. So stay safe, everybody, and I will see you next time.